Welcome to From the Bleachers, the only podcast that recognizes that Real Housewives is a sport, and boy, did we see that this week, in which the women are competing for additional screen time and social media fame. Today, we are analyzing the plays made in the finale of season four, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I'm Sandra. I am Mandy, and this episode is titled Mysteries, Revealed, Question Mark. I didn't even get that. Mysteries, comma, revealed, revealed question, question mark. mark. So, and yeah. I like that question mark because I'm not sure by the end we, and certainly we have a, a main, a main player today who lets us know there's a lot more coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So very exciting. Yes. I, um, I, at first I was thinking of like, these were things that Heather was revealing through the episode. And then as I was going through and we got towards the end, I was like, I'm not going to call them like revelations or things that she was revealing. I'm going to call them accusations. So Uh, in my mind, she made a lot of accusation play today. Interesting. So there's allegations is what you're saying. Sure. uh, Yeah. Allegedly allegations. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Okay. No one's been arrested. I like it. Innocent <laughs> until proven guilty. That's right. And we are here in the court of uh, Sandra and Mandy to break it all down. <laughs> Not really. We're just here to analyze the play. We're just here to talk about what gameplay we had. Yes. So I probably wrote the most notes in this first little part, which was <laughs> instead of doing like previously seen footage, they gave us an upcoming in the episode. And I was just so taken in. I was like, so I, I just... Bear with me here, but we got we got to set up the drama. Okay. So first we have the dark and the stormy clouds and our ominous music playing. And Heather is on the beach in a yellow dress. And we can't see who she's talking to. We assume it's some of the other women, but we can't see them yet. So we don't know who. And she says she has something to tell and it's not good. And this is the start of her big accusation play. And this, she is wearing this yellow dress, which has like a. um, Like a uh, jade green square that the fabric is draped on. Yes. Yes. And this dress kind of becomes a symbol for us in the episode. It's our sign that when we see this dress, we know the drama is coming. And so it's like this, this great scene of her on the beach in her yellow dress And she chose to wear something for this moment that would stand out a little bit because it's yellow, you know, but it's Mm -hmm. not so much that it draws the attention away from the actual storyline. And that's why this accusation play yellow dress on the beach right out out the gate here was my fashion play of of the game. Nice, nice. I wasn't sure if I was going to be calling this my fashion play or not, this dress. So, and I chose not to, but I loved it. I loved it. (laughs) So then we see cutbacks between Heather on the beach in her yellow dress and dinner in the same outfit. So at dinner, Heather says, someone has been bullying all of us for four years. Back at the beach, Heather says she had some information confirmed today. At the dinner, Angie asks Monica why she was talking shit about her. She thought they were friends. On the beach, Heather says she is not who she says she is. At dinner, Whitney asks, are you (laughs) fucking serious? And Lisa confirms that she is fucking serious. 
Angie is calling someone a fucking nasty bitch. So we know our bitch count. This episode will be at least one. Very high. Heather is on the beach and says someone has plotted and profited from our lives and our pain. At dinner, Meredith says something isn't true and she wants to move on. She's had enough. On the beach, Heather says it was lies, pure lies. At dinner, Whitney tells someone there's no dark ass secret. You're the one with the secret. And on the beach, Heather says (laughs) she is not our friend. At dinner, Meredith tells Heather she has narrated her for years and it's enough. Heather is yelling at someone at the dinner to own it right now. And then we get an echo of a voice from Heather. How did we all fall for it? (laughs) What were you thinking at this point? Because going into the episode, like before the episode last, I guess at the end of last episode, I thought that this was going to all be like some big reveals around Monica. But then after this preview, after this little segment here, I was like, oh, is it going to be about Meredith? I don't think I ever thought it was going to be about Meredith. Mm. I I felt from the beginning that this was, this was really a great job by the Bravo team as far as the editing, the intersplicing. Like they really, they went back and forth between these scenes really well. And they create a lot of confusion about, because mm-hmm. Spoiler, what they highlight in this moment, a lot of those conversations at the dinner have nothing to do with the big reveal. And we don't Mm -hmm. even see those conversations, some Mm -hmm. of them. Um, Like we never see Meredith, you know, getting on Heather about being narrated again, which still people, Leecher Nation, let's get those t-shirts designed, okay? I want I want Meredith on a shirt. <laughs> Don't narrate me. Don't narrate me. <laughs> I'm not even sure I know what that means. Like, can you give so. an example That's of someone narrating you? <laughs> Mandy walked over to the microphone and sat down. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's what I thought. I thought I I I my my smoke and mirror tingle sense was up during okay. this opening. Gotcha. I was like, it's going to be about Meredith. They got me. Okay. So then uh, we rewind before the dinner, before Heather on the beach, before the stormy weather to eight hours earlier. It's bright and sunny in Bermuda. We've got our choir music with some island drums in the background, and we're at the estate. And we get morning shots of everyone waking up, mostly hungover. And then we're in Whitney and Monica's room. And Monica asks Whitney if she's going to talk to Heather. Whitney wakes up and she is, she grabs for her sunglasses first because it's morning and we haven't done our eyes, but you'll notice she's perfectly lip glossed and there's definitely like blush on her cheeks. Well, and then she takes them off later and she has full eye makeup on. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> it's very strange. We did I was like, not. You actually look beautiful. You did not need the dark sunglasses. But okay. Why? I <laughs> I, I just don't think that's how she woke up, especially if she spent the rest of the night crying on the beach. Right. Just putting that out there. So when Monica asks Whitney if she's going to talk to Heather, I blanked. I was like, I already can't remember what happened two episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why does Whitney need to talk to Heather? It's been two weeks. Yes, it has been two <laughs> weeks. And there's been Christmas and birthdays and New Year's and I'm tired. Uh, But luckily, we get a flashback in this moment of Whitney chasing Heather down the street and yelling at her about exploiting her sexuality in Heather's book. And I was like, oh, yeah, how could I forget about that? 
I have to tell you, having just finished reading Heather's book over this two-week hiatus um, before the finale, I did not find that section on Whitney terribly long or terribly scandalous. Don't narrate Whitney. I am narrating Whitney. You're right. I am. I am. It's not my place to say how she feels. I can say how I feel though. Okay. You can. I know. I want to want I don't want to narrate you. Whitney tells Monica that when they got home the previous night, she tried to pull Heather aside to talk, but Heather wasn't ready to talk yet. And she ITMs that instead she decided to take a moment to herself to grieve and honor the friend that she lost, Sherry. Monica informs Whitney that when Whitney wasn't with everyone, Lisa said Whitney was probably off somewhere being dramatic. And Whitney takes great offense to this, especially since Lisa was dramatic on the boat with Meredith the day before. This was a good pot stir by Monica. Mm -hmm. Yes, good pot stirring. And then Whitney knocks on Heather's door and asks if they can talk. And Heather's kind of getting ready for the day. And she says, of course. So then Whitney immediate, immediately plays an apology. I don't think it was an immediate moment, though. There was some nice editing for awkward silence. There was, <laughs> yes. What I meant is there was no dialogue before that. <laughs> yes. Hey, can we talk? Of course. I, I'm sorry that I upset you so badly last night. I honestly did not expect that reaction. I know, that reaction surprised even me. You've mentioned a few times, like, if you read the book, read the book, but I consciously didn't want to because I was nervous of how I would react about yeah, but I read you every page and every word of you. I read you your whole yeah, section. I know. In the beginning. And then, and then you took out the part that, that I you asked, asked me to. Yeah, you loved it. But I hadn't read it. So based on that apology clip that we just played, I gave mm -hmm. um, Whitney, so I gave her one for accountability, half for specificity, and then I gave her minus one for an excuse for a, a half point. I gave her a half point apology total. Okay. This is barely above a faux apology. It really was. I basically gave her a one for accountability. I gave her a one for acknowledging the impact, which was, I didn't think you would react that way or I would react that way. I can't remember. Exactly I was so confused. Said. Yeah. Cause they said, I didn't expect that reaction. And I was like, does that mean she didn't expect the reaction from Heather? Or she didn't expect her own reaction. I think she didn't expect Heather's reaction. Okay. But is that saying, okay, I guess, I guess you're right. That does yeah, kind of acknowledge yeah. the impact. Like okay. I didn't expect that it would affect you that much. Like, mm. you know, because when we watch that scene, right. Whitney is just like, she seems to just be like, hyping up the drama like it's mds it's manufactured drama she's doing it for the show it didn't seem authentic and then i gave her a half for the check-in for the hug um that they had at the a end hug is a check-in well <laughs> remember i vacillate between being the russian judge and the easy grader <laughs> so this was an easy grading moment but I agree. I did. I took off. I, I almost. Like, took I guess off. you because your body language. You're seeing like, are they really hugging you right. back? Is okay, okay, right. okay. So, and I took off a, a one point because obviously, <laughs> she's basically 
just full of crap. I mean, come on. Like she read the book. She, she did not read it. She did not literally give her a minus one for being full of crap. (laughs) <laughs> a minus one for her qualification, which is, I think, okay, a load gotcha. of crap. <laughs> so uh, she got a 1.5 on this. And and one of the things is the overall tone is she is, I felt she's trying to both apologize and still be heard. But I think she's sincere in wanting to work through it. Fair. Okay. I mean, I agree with you. I would, I could go up an extra half a point for acknowledging the impact. I hadn't thought about that. And maybe, maybe the hugs and maybe a hugs half points. And then I'd be at one and a half with you also. Right. You've convinced me easy greater. Okay. (laughs) So then they argue back and forth about what was in the book that could have upset her because Heather read her every word, but Whitney still insists that reading it felt different. Um, It kind of seems like she's upset that it was made into the Titanic metaphor which makes it seem like it was a sexy scene between her and Heather instead of like a professional photographer doing a boudoir photo shoot that she was gifting to her husband, which Heather was like, well, I was just trying to be funny, but you know. Right. Which is Heather's thing. Right. And then Whitney's like, but that's funny at my expense, which I guess is valid. So then Heather plays an apology and I will play that right now. It hurt my feelings. It made me feel a little bit like my sexuality was being taken advantage of. Yeah. And so I just had this moment of like, being upset about that. I'm so sorry, and I'm sorry it got to where it did, you know? Yeah. Good. Cousins forever. Cousin Whitney Rose. Yeah, thanks for never bugged me at all. Never has bad timing at all. It's not bad timing. I just brought it up. You're the one that was crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm the crazy one. Uh, That was such a great moment. They really don't see eye to eye on this, but they both seem they, willing to move forward anyway. <laughs> exactly. That is exactly what I sort of wrote down. Like Heather's forgiven Whitney, but she's not conceding the point that Whitney's like out of left field on her reaction because she read her the book numerous times. Mm-hmm. And and I don't think that Heather really gets Whitney's point, which I, I think you're right, is kind of a good one that... Heather wants to make things funny. And like Heather's face play in that scene is so good because she's just like, I took it out, even though it would have been funnier. Yeah, if I could have left <laughs> I it that. I love that book. So I would have had that thought. I wouldn't have said it out loud like Heather did, but I would have had that thought. Like, <laughs> made me take that out. And in my head, it would have been like, even though it was funnier with her, with her right? name. <laughs> so, but then that's what I like. It's a nice, so the scores are low um, because my score on this apology is very low as well. Yes. What'd you give? Uh, one for taking accountability because she said, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And again, that um, half a point for the hugging check-in, mm-hmm. but then a minus one <laughs> for all of that, even though she has bad timing mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and all of that sort of snarky follow-up, I should say. So she got a 0.5. Okay. I had given her one for accountability and then minus one for the comments afterwards about timing. Um, and I... I had deemed it a full apology as a zero, but because of the hug, I will, I'll bump it up to a half pointer. So a barely, <laughs> a barely apology, a bear, a bear apology, <laughs> bear apology. <laughs> and, and I, you know, it highlights the comfort between the two, which I think is nice, you know, like so. that's cool. So after commercial, we've got some great boats in the bay, beautiful scenes of Bermuda water that makes me want to go there. Mm. Good job, Bermuda tourism. (laughs) 
lots of fun banter as they get on the van with our favorite um, van driver, Jonathan. Yeah, my bystander of the week or two weeks ago or three weeks ago, four weeks ago, whatever it was. A couple episodes ago, yeah. I'm back on our first day in Bermuda. So today's day four, so I guess three Ooh, days ago. It's been like a month in Bermuda for us watching at home, but... So they get to the scooter place and we've got Heather's comedic narration on Meredith driving. Um, and then we get a close up of Meredith's coat on her scooter, which I really liked. It's really kind of the only piece of fashion that um, got me super excited in this episode. And so mm. I'm going to give it my fashion play, fashion of, play the of the game. I like that okay. coat. Cool. And we learned that Meredith probably like, according to Heather, she hasn't driven since 1987. <laughs> and then we've got that great little ITM where the producer asks her when the last time she drove was. And she's like, oh, I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh I would love for us to uh, partner someday with Deli, Danny Pellegrino, which I love his podcast. And he covers a lot of the housewives, but um, Salt Lake City is one of them. He always talks about how Meredith is like, she wanted to be on like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Like she's like the Salt Lake City just isn't quite good enough for her. And so like the whole like having a driver and never driving like just kind of plays into that. So I like that. Right. Well, <laughs> and it's so funny. Some of the reading I have been doing outside of the show on these um, lovely housewives, she sounds it sounds like a lot of them don't spend a whole lot of time in Salt Lake City. Um, yeah, or, you know, like Meredith especially seems like she is everywhere. Yeah, she definitely moved there for the show. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So Monica's having fun on the scooters, almost dying as she runs into things, um, and she gets a stern talking to from an unnamed bystander, and she's like, "I know, I got to figure out how to do it because otherwise, when I go out <laughs> in the streets, I'll die." And he says, "Yes, you will." <laughs> yeah, she's I'm really just laughing, and he's very serious. And I know there was a lot of great goat play right after that, but I'm still giving this man my bystander, bystander of, the of the week. Oh, um, can we give goats bystander of the week? <laughs> I feel like maybe on Pioneer Day you were getting, you might have, I don't know. Maybe I was, maybe I'm really all about the goats. I gave something to the goats, but I can't remember what. Oh, I gave them face play. Face play. There we go. <laughs> So we had some fun comedic goat editing from there when they're when they're uh, scootering along the streets of Bermuda. Yes, but it's important what it was because one of the goats actually calls Heather a bitch. Yeah. So our bitch, bitch count that's our bitch count is already one for the episode. But this was a friendly bitch. This was a like, hey bitch. I, I thought, thought it was you're count. a bitch. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh well, we'll have to go back and look for the official. I count. guess so. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, then it comes time for a little show me the money play. Heather's going to go to the perfumery. She goes there with Angie and Monica and we get a little ETC from Monica, even though I didn't get to meet my family. Mm. All of this was lovely. It's great to be here. And then we've got Meredith, Lisa and Whitney clothes shopping. We cut back to the perfumery where they have a perfume based on a shipwreck. So that's kind of fun. What does that smell like? I don't know, but I have a perfume like Powell's bookstore in Portland released a perfume and I got that for John. Oh, he never wears it, but it's fun. <laughs> Heather, for, we have the moment where Heather forgot her credit card. She asked Angie. Angie also didn't bring her credit card. And that's like one of those, like, really what's wrong with these people that they're not carrying their credit cards around with them. But it gave me a moment to also admire Angie's off the shoulder yellow top. This show mm -hmm. has a lot of yellow in it. And I normally don't see people in yellow or like yellow. Maybe yellow's in right now. Maybe it is. Or it was last winter anyway. 
Yeah. So Monica offers to have everything put on her credit card, but you can see it's awkward. Almost like the wheels are turning like, am I going to be able to pay for this? Will she pay me back in time? Et cetera, et cetera. And of course we have this dramatic moment where her card is declined. Tension is mounting, (laughs) but it turns out she just needs to okay the international transaction. And then it goes through and there's some great face play when she makes fun of like getting declined in front of the women. Yeah. Our final tally on this show me the money play is Heather Gay at $725 for um, a bunch of perfumes (laughs) Meredith or Whitney, I'm not sure which. They don't really clarify which one that was. It's $717. And we don't see who the other one's tally was, but Lisa comes in as the only obvious known one at $918. Impressive. Impressive spend. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing like it's nothing like when we get these tallies of during Beverly Hills, but yeah. Well, it's more than I would spend in a Bermuda gift shop. So, you know. It's definitely more than I would spend in a Bermuda. It's definitely more than I would spend on perfume, which after one wear usually like irritates me and I can't wear it without reacting. The women all meet up again. They're back with Jonathan, sunshine, light banter, which is a nice juxtaposition with our one hour later storm brewing, phone ringing, horror movie, TV signal screen edit outside Heather's room. Camera is on the floor, just recording nothing but a hallway and the feet of the camera operator, which is this great behind the scenes. It's like they're being spied on, but they know they're being spied on. Like people are literally just sitting around waiting for something to happen. (laughs) So then we pick up Heather's voice. What did you find out? Are you kidding me right now? Shut the fuck up. I'm freaking out, trembling. I cannot believe it is her. Camera operator grabs the camera. They knock on the door. No answer. Producer tells the camera person to just go in. Heather's on the balcony on the phone. How could she do this to us? I'm freaking the fuck out. And then she sees the camera operator. And it's a scene that we've seen a million times throughout the season, right? And mm-hmm. she pushes like, no, you guys, no, seriously, for real. And she gets them out of there. That was amazing TV. It's been teased all. I was hoping that there would be more though, because really we already pretty much saw that entire thing in the previews. <laughs> right. We've seen so, that numerous times. I was hoping that there would be that 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 piece would be a little bit longer. But for what it was, it was good. It was a great Bravo, it Bravo, great. Bravo moment created by Heather. It really was. And the one thing that I thought was kind of interesting is that this there's like a whole generation of people. That signal screen, that like TV signal screen Mm. with the vertical bars and the, like, they don't even understand what that is. Like, that's when you're like cable spritzing out and or like not even your cable, (laughs) but you're like antenna TV network. (laughs) Yeah. So that's funny. It's a fun little walk down memory lane. Yeah. And now now it's just synonymous with like horror moment. Yeah. That was in my running for play of the game. Was that Bravo, Bravo. Just because it was in so many of the previews, it was, it was in my, it was in the running, but I didn't end up choosing it. I'm going to narrate Mandy now. She is downing a bottle of honey. I'm just mainlining honey, squeezing it without my lips touching it directly down into my throat. She has esophageal issues. I do. (laughs) I do. I have a a non-strep sore throat and um, yeah, and the medication is causing spasms. Well, and and when we switch over to covering Bever- Beverly Hills, you'll be the expert on the esophageal drama storyline that goes on in that season. There we go. I like it. 
we come back from a commercial and we are now at four hours after the phone call. Bravo, bravo, bravo moment. The women are getting gussied up for dinner. We see Heather in the yellow dress that got my fashion play of the game from the previews. So we know now we are signaled that the action is coming. It's coming. And as she exits that room, did you see on her bureau, what, on the dresser, what was there? No. At least eight pairs of sunglasses. <laughs> it was a lot of sunglass action. Yeah. You need two for every outfit. <laughs> um, Lisa looks like a pinata in her dress, which is fun. Wow. <laughs> Other ITMs that what's about to go down could change their friendship forever. They're being seated at tables out in the yard and it's very windy. And the theme for the dinner is Bermuda Triangle. So the three tables are pushed together in a triangle shape, which is a little silly, but okay. Is this where they have like, I think this is where they have the edit where they then have an aerial shot of it and they have a drawn on triangle, which I thought was a serious F you to the viewers. Like we're so stupid. We can't be We can't figure out that the tables are in a triangle. (laughs) Yeah, like don't underestimate your viewership, Bravo. We're smart ladies. <laughs> yeah, was that that was and, unnecessary. And men. We got we got the triangle <laughs> reference. Um, I will also say that watching this the second time through mm-hmm. was really fascinating because you you sort of know the second time through who at this dinner was talking with Heather, and so who is like ready for what's about to happen. So it, it adds a little a little element of like, oh, yeah, there is a lot of fun manufactured stuff that goes on here, like where they know they just have to bring stuff up and talk about it. And... Everyone knows what's actually coming or almost everyone right. knows. Right. So they have their dolls that they made during the Pioneer Party. That was almost my play of the game. Okay. <laughs> Bringing back the Pioneer Dolls. Bringing back the Pioneer Dolls. And Heather introduces that the, the game they will play with the dolls, which is that they each have someone else's doll and they have to ask that person a mystery about them that they would like answered. So this is definitely, it's got to be like Heather working with the producers to be like, how are we going to bring this thing, this accusation that you have up? Um, so they come up with this doll idea. However, it was weird how they set it up because... Heather didn't she have didn't. the person's doll that she was, was making an accusation to, but maybe, yeah, maybe they were trying to mislead everyone. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Strange. So Whitney has Lisa's doll and she asks Lisa, why is it okay for Lisa to be dramatic, but not okay for Whitney be, to be dramatic? And all the women begin to argue about this and who's more dramatic and what was more dramatic and what wasn't. And the producers begin to keep a tally in the bottom corner of the screen for their number of times that the women say the word dramatic. And my favorite line of all is Lisa. She says, listen, I'm dramatic. You can be dramatic too. It's not singular. We can both be dramatic. We are both dramatic. Actually, everybody at this table is dramatic. Uh, The counter gets up to 14 and then it hits overload, which I think is a cop out. Like if you're going to keep a dramatic score, give us the, give us the final score. Right. Give us the final score. Well, and the thing about it that just, this is where I'm like, oh, I feel like maybe the they're listening to us somehow. We're just so somehow connected to the Salt Lake City show because previously I had talked about the double hair touch drinking game and mm-hmm. how that would how that would definitely send you to the hospital. And that's basically what Monica says with her take a shot every time yes. somebody says dramatic. So yeah, I don't know somehow how I feel about they're listening to you in the future. Right. Somehow I'm traveling it. I'm sending it back. (laughs) Meredith has Heather's doll 
And her question is why Heather hasn't given her more support during this trip. For example, in the cave, Heather didn't speak up for her at all. Heather then said, and this is very interesting in retrospect, like as you're watching it real time, you don't know what the accusation is going to be and who it's going to be towards. But once you know, you're like, oh, oh, and Heather was kind of going at Meredith here. And so anyway, this is interesting contextually. Heather says that Monica was very convincing and Meredith wasn't seeming to take a lot of issue with it. Meredith says she's matured and that's why she can answer in a normal tone of voice. And Heather says, it wasn't just me. All of them believe Monica over Meredith. And she says, Meredith says to Mer- Heather says to Meredith, you're just going to say, yes, you do. And Meredith says, yes, you do. And then there's this great, <laughs> like, slack-jawed face play from Heather. And Heather asks Monica why she thinks everyone believed her. And Monica answers that she had the proof, the timeline, et cetera. And Heather asks, oh, so it had didn't have anything to do with it being the truth? Mm. And Monica says, yeah, I just said that. I said I had the proof. And Heather says, oh, the proof. Hmm. Hmm. So this was at the, the point now where I'm like, oh, okay, maybe this is going to be all about Monica. And then it's Heather's turn. And she has Meredith's doll. Again, this is like a minor error. Why doesn't she have Monica's doll? This doesn't. Yeah, it makes no sense. So she says she doesn't have any questions about Meredith, but she has one about Monica, Monica, an unsolved mystery, if you will. And this is where it becomes apparent that this entire doll game was just the setup for Heather's accusation play. And Monica, who by this point, because it's so cold out there and on the wind, at this point, she's completely wrapped up in a blanket, like covering her <laughs> entire like head, part of her face, all of her body. And she says, oh, God. And then we cut to commercial. <laughs> and that's where I wrote down fashion play has turned into blanket play. <laughs> <laughs> so we have the moon. I keep getting these great sections starting out with these <laughs> lovely dramatic moon shots. And we have ominous music. Heather's really good on her feet and showing her skills as a writer and how she's unveiling all of this. Like who is the real Monica, both here and also on the beach. Yeah. She's got good. um, She's good with the narrative. She's good. She's good at narrating people. (laughs) What can I say? So at that dinner, Heather says, who is the real Monica? We met, we bonded and we get flashbacks to all their fun little moments Heather makes a little comment about, you know, how, who Monica is. And she was this person who was smarter than probably people think, um, which I thought was kind of a little dig. <laughs> yeah. Then she's like, you know, she's open, a truth teller, but I don't think that is the real Monica. The real Monica is someone who doesn't really want to be our friend, but wants to profit from our lives and our pain. I know who you really are. Dun, dun, dun. And then we cut to two hours earlier. Heather is alone on the beach. We've got this great music in the background. It's like high wailing kind of singing sound. Whitney comes out, sees that Heather is upset. Lisa comes out immediately. She is also wondering what's wrong. And then Meredith. So there's a lot of drama to this reveal. But no Angie. No Angie, no and obviously no, Mo- obviously no Monica. Obviously no Monica. We just got our four OGs yes, in our this veteran moment. players who've been there since yes. the beginning. Minus Jen Shaw, RIP. RIP. Boy, I tell you, 
think of you. Anyway, we'll get there. We'll get there on, on things to say about Jen Shaw. I don't know that she deserves the RIP. I just don't know. <laughs> Heather is really um, amping up the, the cinematic drama here. So um, this is part of our Bravo cinematic universe, our Real Housewives cinematic universe. I love Lisa's moment when she comes up and she's like, what is it? You're going to cry. So she's like all in this yeah. moment, just as your, your Myers-Briggs personality typing would would support yeah. and when heather starts producing tears before she's even said anything lisa starts producing tears so just definitely proof that she can do empathy yeah right just has to be right there in front of her right, right? and it solidifies that like that friendship and that allyship that they have between the four of them it's great so yes yes yeah there's been a lot of lovely lovely this episode just those four ogs and then a little bit of angie too but So Heather highlights their journey as friends, all the things they've done for Monica and how they've been championing her without saying her name. Well, no, she does say her name. And then she says that Monica is, she alleges, I guess, Monica (laughs) is reality bond tease. And we get a very immediate reaction from Meredith and Lisa. Whitney just seems kind of frozen. (laughs) I immediately paused, immediately paused and looked up reality von Tees on Instagram. I just assume, assumed it was, I was like, it's gotta be on Instagram. Um, it was, it there's took like me a minute because there's like five of them. Yeah. So I went yeah. to, the, to what, to the original one, which has zero posts and like 6,000 followers. And I was like, well, this can't be it. It can't have been it unless it was scrubbed, but even then it's not that many followers. So it doesn't seem, yeah. but the reality von Tees two, I think is the, must be the main one. Um, yeah. that one it, it, as of yesterday, which is the day after the day the finale aired, has 24.3K followers, 166 posts. But the latest posts are from summer of 2022, and they all talk about Jen Shaw. So um, we can talk more about that later, but just for quick context, that's what I did immediately when I I heard this. Yeah, I I definitely want to get into that too, because I feel like things that were said about the other women must have been taken off. Yeah, it's very, Um, it's possible that there could have been a lot of scrubbing done. Yeah. Between when filming happened and when this came out. So Heather ITMs that originally Reality Vontees was an account that was created to take down Jen Shaw. And that's where I say, if you have treated your employees so badly that they band together to take you down (laughs) in this way, you're probably not a really good employer. So then we have our Nancy Drew play. <laughs> this is the breakdown. <laughs> Point five, the sinister sharing of the same hairstylist, Tanisha. <laughs> Number one, <laughs> Heather's discomfort. At, like, she brings that up at the beginning of her whole like, yeah, her whole are, laying all out the evidence. The evidence yeah. And I'm like, okay, where are we going with that? <laughs> this, doesn't, later. this doesn't stand in Mandy's court of law. <laughs> she's, she's setting the groundwork. So- Item one, Heather's discomfort at how Monica talked about sensitive information and her oversharing and how she used information as a weapon, even the dark stuff about herself. Two, realizing there were three Monicas at Beauty Lab with the same birthday but different last names and one of Beauty Lab a lot of money. Now, this was information that kind of broke uh, about a month ago or so mm-hmm. that I remember because then Monica countersued about how it just about owing the money 
or she, yeah, oh, no, she, she said, she said like the botched, botched injections was her yeah. countersuit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She said the, the work wasn't good. And so she shouldn't have to pay for it or whatever. Right. That's what I thought the entire reveal was going to be about was just so, this, this beauty lab lawsuit thing. Yeah. We're super glad it's a little bit more than that. Yeah. Item number three in Heather's spidey sense tingling. Weird timing of the DMs, including we get a we get this little dinner pirate cave dinner flashback moment that Monica sits there and says, I got one that just came through 40 minutes before dinner. Um, and then we also have Meredith reveal that she mentioned the DM to Monica because those were all the things that Monica had told Meredith on her Palm Springs flight. So Heather, we get those flashbacks so that we can see why Heather put them all together. Yes. Uh, Detective Heather Gay. Detective Heather Gay. CS. It's not really CSI. It's not really crime scene. <laughs> um, that's why I went with Nancy Drew. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so for the subject of much discussion on the From the Bleachers podcast, and I think this was almost an era of the game for you, was Monica on the beach saying, I'm the type of person who would do that. I'd create a fake account and DM people. And Heather being like, no, you wouldn't. And Heather says yes. in this moment, like this, like really, really set me off. Yeah. I, that was my error of the game last time. It was your error of the game. Okay. Yes. I, I couldn't remember if it was or not. Item five confirmation from Tanisha. Monica was reality Von tease and Tanisha sends volumes of digital evidence exposing Monica. And item six, Heather says she called a friend at bleep, which I think must be Bravo. And that mm. person confirmed. Okay. I was wondering how, how would they know? Because later in the dinner at the dinner, I think it's Heather who says you applied to Bravo saying you were reality Von Tease and you uh, wanted to be on the show. Okay. Maybe. So Bravo had to Bravo know. bleeped themselves out. Interesting. Denise Richards would be very proud. <laughs> In a very bravo, bravo, bravo moment in which bravo yeah. is not spoken. <laughs> so back on the beach, we're, we're back on the beach now, looking at the account of all these things that were posted, curated by her. Just the type of reveal I would expect from a New York Times bestselling author. That's what I got to say about that. This is incredible work. So incredible good. work. So yeah, Heather really rolls it out so well. Uh, you know, like she curated it very well. Mm -hmm. Meredith is freaking out and she's got this really great little IFI moment. I'm so tired <laughs> of people trying to hurt us. Yes, and, and her these... scarf is like fluttering in the wind and like everything and her hair <laughs> is very dramatic. Face. She goes to put her hands over her face and she's like, I have my eye makeup. And then she <laughs> kind of moves them in a way so it doesn't. <laughs> well, that's me narrating her. Everyone's narrating her. Everyone's narrating her. It's a rough day for her. Now we've got all these four women bonding together as a team. So it's really lovely. And of course, Heather says, I just need you all to back me up because I'm going to bring some shit to dinner. Mm -hmm. Yes. And oh, this yeah. choice by Heather to tell her fellow veteran players about her Monica discoveries before she makes her big accusation plate later to Monica at dinner 
was my play of the game. Nice. I really thought it very nice. Like she had to bring this somehow and she could have just chosen to spring it on everyone at dinner, but the choice to share it with the veteran players before strengthens that camaraderie shows their strong relationship and bonds. Um, And it gives the producers so much to work with in the editing and the sculpting of the storytelling of the episode. Oh, it was just chef's kiss to Heather chef's kiss to the producers and everyone. Amazing. Everyone is doing such great work. I mean, this has been all the talk on the socials like everyone's been so excited about this finale and nobody seems to be disappointed except like one hater that i saw well whatever you can't please everyone you just can't so i will have to say andy cohen must have known right dark lord andy cohen must have known that monica was reality vontees yeah or at least one of the contributors probably because he's involved intimately in casting i would assume it's a dark well, maybe little man. is the wrong word, but he has, I'm sure he signs uh, off on it and they give him <laughs> reasons why. We don't want to me to him. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Bravo, Bravo win for this. This is, some they of did. this is on Bravo, man. That's kind of, that's some, that's some cold shit. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, they knew, uh, they knew the type of person that they were bringing onto the show. That's for sure. Yeah. So just so you know, you also, your section also started with a great shot of the moon. I don't know if you noted that. I did that, not but note I, the moon down. Thank you for noting it down for me. I feel like I, I thought I was special, but I'm, I guess everyone um, can get a moon, a moon star. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back at the Bermuda Triangle dinner and Heather now plays her big accusation play to Monica. Now that we have the background that uh, three of the other women are in on this, she says, to Monica, I know who you really are. Who you really are is the cyber bully, internet troll, reality Von Tees. And Monica uh, immediately denies it. And Heather says, I have your perfect formula. Receipts, roof, timeline, screenshots, fucking everything. And Heather says, Monica doesn't deserve to be at this table for the way she has treated them. Monica's continue, continuing to deny that it's her, it, it's her account, but then at some point she switches to saying, well, it's not entirely true. And then she admits it's part true. And Lisa says, it's disgusting. Heather says, you think you can sit at our table and have us celebrate your birthday? Um, and Whitney, at this point, she gets up and moves because she was sitting next to Monica. She gets up and moves. She says she can't be by Monica. She, she moves across to the other side of the table or one of the other sides of the table. <laughs> but of course, she knew when she was sitting yeah. next to Monica this whole time. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> then we get more accusations from Heather. We thought we were done, but there's more. She says, you sought out Jen Shaw on social media and worked for her in order to get into the group as a blonde named Monica Velour. Velour? So, I missed that. It was something like that. Velour, Velour. It was something similar to that. Can you imagine if your like undercover name was Velour? <laughs> Velour. <laughs> Why wouldn't it be? I would say like maybe I'm Silk. I'm Sandra Leather. <laughs> nice to meet you. I'm a brunette. <laughs> um, And she says she stole a clutch from Meredith Soar in the blonde wig. And then we get the security footage of this blonde woman in Meredith's store. And I'm like, does it look like her? I'm really bad at this. If someone's hair is different, they're just a different person to me. 
So if you were to watch the Americans, then all of the wig work that they do <laughs> carry around, you, you would totally fall for it. You'd be like, that's not the same person. It's I very, love it. That's good confusing. to know. I can't, I can't hold on to, to someone's face between wigs, apparently. Well, especially because it was security footage. It's black and white. It's like a little. It was grainy. also COVID and she was wearing a mask. Oh, there you go. I didn't, I didn't even. You didn't even notice the mask. I, not, not, to, I didn't commit <laughs> it to memory anyway. But in your opinion, did it look like her? Oh, in my opinion, it definitely looked like her. Okay. Yeah. No, I think the eyes were, it was definitely her. I don't think they would put that footage on there if it wasn't her. If it wasn't her. Okay. Yeah. Meredith says she's not accusing her of stealing, but that she lied because during the season when they were filming and she was in her store, she said she had never been to her store. I love that that's what Monica, or that's what, I love that what Meredith is most upset about is that <laughs> you told me this was the first time you'd been in my store. But you have been, been in my store. <laughs> Lisa accuses Monica of doing drive-bys of Jen, Jen's house. And then Monica calls Lisa a dumb bitch. And the bitch count is now two if you count the goat one, or it's one if you don't count the goat one. No, it's two. There was the early bitch. Oh, was that a friendly bitch at the beginning of the show too? I don't know where. Oh man. No wonder. No wonder Bravo had trouble keeping. (laughs) (laughs) No wonder they gave up on their, their dramatic tally. Oh, so then Lisa in her pinata outfit calls Monica a dumb bitch back and the bitch count goes up one more. Should we change this? I'm wondering instead of a bitch count per episode, why don't we do a um, number of episodes without invoking the word bitch? And then it resets when someone does. Oh, kind of like how many days on the job without an accident? Yes. (laughs) How many days on the job without a bitch? Yes. How many episodes of the show without invoking the word bitch? And I even came up with a nice little, so um, episodes without invoking bitch. So E-W-I-B, the E-W-I-B count. The E-W-I-B. Oh, you've even got an acronym. number of episodes without. E-W-I-B? Episodes without. Invoking bitch count. Uh, okay, Ewib. Ewib. So we were already at zero, but so we've reset. Zero days since our last bitch incident. An angry bitch incident. They're they're not doing too well these last few episodes. No. Um, so and then we can, you know, we can we can keep track of that and we'll see between between franchises who is better at coming up with insults that aren't you dirty bitch. Right. <laughs> how how high can one of the franchises get the Ewib? Yes. Although I will say there are some things that are said that I find are just as bad, if not worse than calling someone a bitch. The C word. See you next Tuesday. (laughs) I think women are allowed to use that. I think we can claim that one in a fun way. Like, Oh, I was going to say maybe in a fun way, but like if you're using it as an insult. Yes. No, it's not okay as an insult. Should should we include that in the EWIB? We can, but I mean, um, I just think there's, there's like, there are some very specific things like, for instance, old leathery rubber bitch with a Donald Trump tan. <laughs> you probably won't hear more than once, but you know, I would say like- <laughs> old leathery bitch with a Donald Trump tan count. <laughs> I, think, I think that's going to just be a one. <laughs> you never anyway. know. So I like the eWeb. I like okay. the eWeb. I think, yeah. Well, one one goal at a time. We're going to hold them right. accountable for maybe stopping to use that as an insult. And then if we can get that count up high, then maybe we can learn move on to something else. I like it. Monica tells them she never trolled any of them and they're not listening to her. 
She ITMs that Von Tees was never just one person. There were several other humans involved, and the mission was to take down Jen Shaw, and the other women were just collateral damage. Monica and Angie start going at it, and then Monica says, Angie, let's talk about your involvement, and she she accuses Angie of being involved in reality Von Tees. Monica ITMs that every single woman in the group was constantly watching and DMing the Von T's account, and she says they were the account's biggest fans. But side note on this, I mean, I think no matter who you are, their accounts, their social media accounts are like, because us, we have like, what, 20 followers? And, we're amazing. <laughs> and they will like and comment on our posts. Like they have, a, they each have social media teams or at least one social media person. And in right. order to get the engagement, they just engage with everything possible as much as possible. So I, I don't right. know if that's necessarily the best measure for whether they actually liked the account or not. Right, right. Monica tells Angie to go pay her IRS bills and Angie picks up a floral centerpiece as if she's going to throw it at Monica. Monica challenges her to do it and Angie puts it back down. And that was my error of the game. Oh, I was just thinking that was an error. It was definitely an error. She should have thrown it or whacked her. <laughs> Purposely or even if missed. She just like whacked it on the table. Like, yeah. Even if she just did something other than. <laughs> she could put it down quite nicely after snatching <laughs> it up. <right? laughs> like, come on, Angie. Let's get some of that Greek opa fire yeah. going yeah. in there. Throw it like just to the right of, of Monica's head or something that we can see it land on the ground. Yeah. And roll, you know. Something. <laughs> throw it in anger. It doesn't have to be at yeah. Monica. But just. Follow through. <laughs> Sorry, Angie. I love you, but that was an I error. I chose an error of the game, but I think I'm going to, I'll piggyback on that with you. I agree. I All agree. right. Don't, if you're going to pick it up, don't put it back down. Anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. Well, and earlier, like when Lisa stood up and was angry, it looked like security people or like Bravo people were coming outside. Mm. And they were like in the house and like coming outside, like, oh, we may need to restrain some people. Mm kind of intervention-ish. So, but then there like, but then Lisa kind of like, she never got to that point where it was super awkward for her to back down, but this was an awkward backing down by mm-hmm. Angie. Agree. Uh, Whitney says Monica attacked her and her family for years. And Monica says it wasn't her. It was Tunisia who started and owns the account. Meredith and Heather tell her to tell them what she did then. And she needs to own it right now. And for some reason, during this moment, Heather is now holding her Eunice doll. Did you notice that? <laughs> I would be holding my Eunice doll too. <laughs> Monica says, okay. And we cut to commercial. And it was just a very nice dramatic pause. Mm, like, and like she's coming. Like, what, what is she going to own up to here? All right. So we come back from commercial and we've basically got the giant hashing it out. Confrontation free for all. Monica admits only to posting some of the videos she took. There's some back and forth with Lisa. Monica calls her an old leathery rubber bitch with a Donald Trump tan. (laughs) And amidst all of this yelling, we also hear Monica say like, well, don't abuse your employees and you'll be fine. Now in other franchises, in other Real Housewife franchises, is there this level of nastiness in the name calling? Yeah. And some of them for sure. It depends on the, I think that some players play this way and others others don't yeah I feel like Monica is the only one who's really and I mean I don't know Jen Shaw even Jen Shaw didn't seem to have like 
this level of nastiness yeah. to the way I mean, Lisa things kind of she gives would come up to her too. Maybe not, she's not quite as good at coming up with the names in the moment, but she's, it's like Monica kind of brings it out of her and Lisa kind of tries, tries to yeah. play back and forth with the name calling. And the women are obviously all upset that they feel like she falsely befriended them while trolling them. There's clearly been a lot of anger by Monica and the Jen Shaw employees about the way they were treated, that this is their retribution. Monica names Tanisha, two other people who are bleeped out, who ran the account. And that was the moment that I thought to myself, I wonder if Heather's still getting her hair done by Tanisha. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. And actually, can we go back a minute? When Monica does that long string Donald Trump bitch insult towards Lisa, uh -huh. they insert a face play reaction here from Heather. And I take pictures of all the face play and I took a picture of it. And then I looked back in my phone and I already had the exact same shot. So they used, they inserted the exact same face play reaction from Heather <laughs> twice. I'm pretty sure the first time was when Angie, when uh, Monica accused Angie of being involved in the Von Tees account. Uh, and so yep. it's the exact That's same the thing about the editing. Yeah. So you, it's just a reminder that you may not be seeing the actual reactions that happened in that moment from people, which is hard because then it's sort of like, how well is the player doing? You don't mm. know because maybe the, some of the players plays are not used sure. by Bravo or are used multiple times, you know, it's sort of, sure. but I mean, that's you know, part of it. If you play well, then your stuff gets used. And if you don't, it doesn't get used as much. This is true. This is true. But because the producers liked this wide mouth shocked face play from Heather so much that they put it in the document twice, like three minutes apart from each other. This was my face play of, of the game. Nice. I like it. I like it. I don't think I chose a face play of the game. But I have to, I feel like it would have been either Heather in the early apology with Lisa when she was like, <laughs> was the funniest thing in my book. Or it would have been uh, Monica with the credit card. Was like, a, she really twisted was her face for that one. I mean, that was. She did. She's got, she's like got Jim Carrey <laughs> rubber face. <laughs> okay, so. Monica again defends that she only posted things about Jen Shaw, because, quote, that little whore is one of the worst humans I've ever met in my life. So again, some more classy mm. talk. I would say you kiss your mother with that mouth, mm. but she hasn't been kissing her mother either. We haven't seen Vovo in a while. Monica ITMs that the reality Von T's account is not a bad thing. Scamming millions of old people out of their money is a bad thing. Her revealing it is just mm. telling the truth. So yes, if all you're doing is trying to make one person be accountable who is committing horrible acts, I get it. But the way she went about it, you know, like I think by like tearing somebody down on social media is not, it's not a court of law. I do think she's playing it well here though, for the audience. Like she's saying, she's saying, she look, is. I was doing this in a way to take down some people that a lot, someone that a lot of people hate. And so she's going to get more people over to her side by playing it this way. Right. And she's also, you know, not just that a lot of people hate, but that committed, like who ruined yeah. people's lives, you know, who divested them of their entire right. retirement accounts. And some people are eye for an eye kind of people and they don't care how dirty you fight to take someone down. So they're going to appreciate that. This is true. This is true. There was, oh my God, it was an episode of the Orville, which is a very fun overlooked show that has, um, 
oh, I'm totally blanking on his name now, but the guy who did Ted and Family Guy and, um, but it was, they go, it's sort of like a Star Trek-esque setup where they are going out and landing in new planets and whatnot. And they land on this one where everything is determined by social media. So like whether you're liked or disliked on social media, I'm pretty sure mm. it was the Orville. Um, and they sort of have to like, convince the society like that this is not justice like you can't <laughs> run your justice based on whether people click yeah. like or dislike on somebody it's crazy that sounds like a good premise yeah right so there's again lots of yelling so the ogs are upset monica sticks to her story then we start, okay, so it's winding down. We get this little bit of back and forth between Lisa and Monica on who needs to leave um, because basically Lisa's like, you need to leave. Monica's like, I'm not leaving. And then they get cut off by Heather, our fearless leader, who says, Monica has missed out on something. These women are friends. They have been through it with Jen Shaw for years, but they were in it with her because they were ride or die. And Heather talks about all those years of taking so much shit for Jen Shaw and defending her, including, but not limited to, not revealing to the world that it was Jen Shaw who gave her the black eye. I couldn't believe it. I was like, how many, how many reveals do we need this or accusations or right? whatever you want to call them? Like another one? Barrett and Lisa are shocked. And Lisa's reaction is just this perfect, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> so this cherry on an incredibly large Sunday was my play oh, of the oh, week. No the way. Black, the black eye reveal. I loved it. <laughs> You're so funny because guess what? I actually did pick an error of the game. And this <laughs> reveal on top of everything else was my error of the game. I, <laughs> I felt like this didn't need to be played here. It would have been so much better like earlier in the season or better yet last freaking season i thought it took away from her amazing play the rest of the episode it didn't relate to the rest of what she was doing this dinner it feels a bit like she's taking her anger at jen shaw out on monica in this moment because it's like what does monica have to do with the black eye i don't know i thought it was like out of place everyone's been wanting this forever she could have done it at a different time i i felt like it was an error and actually, so yeah, I, this is <laughs> I bet I bet Bravo was like, it's time. Like, I wonder <laughs> if Bravo was like, let's hold off. Like, I don't want you to to reveal this until there's a really good time to do mm -hmm. it. And and they decided this was it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it when we have such divergent opinions <laughs> because it makes it more interesting. I love it. All right. Well, and then Monica applauds Heather for telling the truth finally. Heather says they're not going to go through this Jen Shaw-esque experience again for Monica. Pack your bags and go. Monica ITMs. I knew this info would come out. And then like we have that inner cut with her walking down the hill beside the house and leaving. And so after her ITM, we sort of, then we have like intercut scenes of where are they now with mm. everyone coming around to Heather who... Heather just basically, after Monica has left, is like sobbing, head in her hands, 
mm-hmm. um, from all of this emotional release, I would imagine. And where are they now? Heather is enjoying time with her daughters talking about life, love, but not sex. Whitney is working on her marriage and being chauffeured by Bobby. And we have a nice little, a nice little image of her um, in the golf cart showing the money. And then we have a great one for Lisa that she's spending time on her new hobby, Henry. And Mm. it shows the two of them having a little dinner out. Yeah. Angie and Sean are working on their marriage and we get this like very hosed Angie in this like lacy little robe with a cocktail as Sean comes home. (laughs) And then Meredith has finally, after four days without a bathtub, gotten herself a hot tub and we see her and Seth um, having like a little cocktail in the hot tub. It's very cute. Yeah, that's cute. Then we've got Monica ITMing. And the producer says, when the women asked you to leave, you know, what happened? And she says, there was so much more I wanted to say, but I knew I wouldn't be heard. There's so much more to the story that needs to be said. And trust me, you're all going to want to hear it. (laughs) And we learned that Monica has not spoken with the other woman or her mother. And that now that her divorce is finalized, she's focused on raising her daughters. And... I wonder if we're really going to see Vovo at the reunion. It doesn't seem uh, like it. It really doesn't seem like it, which makes me a little sad. But I'm glad that we did see a little bit. Well, I'll let you talk about what's coming next. And maybe at reunion, we can talk about their taglines and their like overall their story arcs so that we don't go too long today. <laughs> yeah, that the end when they're the way they're all huddled up together, you know, and like the tear play. Yes. The, and the blankets over them, it it makes me look, it's, it just reminds you of like, they've just all been through trauma and they're in shock, yes. you know, it looks like something yes. like a bomb has like a literal bomb has just dropped or something. Right. Like they it. just like climbed out of the bomb shelter and they're seeing like what the <laughs> landscape is and they're all together and supporting each other. And it's good. It's good friend play. It's good mm-hmm. tear play. It's just good. I don't know. It's just good. Like, you know women supporting women play. We need to come up with something stronger than that for. (laughs) Yeah. So then we get our um, next time. What's going to, what are we going to see on the reunion? Uh, It's going to be three parts. We see immediately that Monica and Heather are in those special coveted seats directly next to dark Lord, Andy Cohen. So they'll be earning our extra points this season uh, in our reunion seating score, which we'll be talking about in a minute. Andy Cohen confirms that Monica and the other women haven't spoken since Bermuda. Um, Dark Lord Andy Cohen, um, aka DLAC, aka DLAC, I'm just going to call him DLAC from here forward, says Monica has been accused of being a troll account. And she brings out a burn book prop that I assume has like all of her receipts in it. We see the B word being thrown around. So we know what? that our EWIB is not going to make it very far. Um, you know the burn book history, right? You know what movie that's from? Mm-mm. Oh, it's from Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. All right. Bleacher Nation, we've got to put together a list of movies that Sandra <laughs> I've seen Mean Girls. See. I've seen Mean Girls. I just, uh, I, don't, okay. I just haven't, maybe I've saw it we once. Just, I didn't retain the details. I need to get you cliff notes. <laughs> Let me narrate Andy notes. right now. She is <laughs> shaking her head and staring down her nose at me. <laughs> It's just the way the computer screen is down low. (laughs) (laughs) 
Lisa wonders why Monica with four kids is driving by Jen's house. Monica tells Lisa to keep her fucking kids out of her fucking mouth. Delac asks Heather to talk about how the black eye happened. I mean, fucking finally. Mm. Meredith right? does a Whitney impression. We see that Mary is also there and making a Whitney impression. Yeah. So it looks like I like that Whitney Whitney was seemed pretty chill about all the impressions being made yeah, of her. She, she was like it was like they were all kind of laughing along, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was fine. So um it seems like Mary will also make the scoreboard this season. And uh so a friend of someone who's a friend of on the cast, they only get points for the season if they make it to the reunion. Um and then my my thing kind of like abruptly cut off. So I'm not sure if I missed anything. But Mine did too. Okay. Mine did too. Yeah. I, I And like that was both um, watching it live on Hulu and then again on Peacock. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. That's a real show me the money play. Look at all the streaming <laughs> services I have. Okay. Who was your MVP after all of that? Oh, Tell well. Tell me it's, it's not the obvious. It's I'm the sure it obvious. Is. Of course it's the obvious. <laughs> For her Nancy Drew work, for mm. her curated reveal to her three OGs, and for staging a dramatic dinner attack on Monica, complete with pioneer dolls, Heather Gay is my MVP. <laughs> <laughs> well, friend, I agree with you. For her yellow accusation play beach dress fashion play of the game. <laughs> For her bravo, bravo, bravo phone call moment, for her ally and friendship play with her other three veteran players, for her multiple accusation plays against Monica, including receipts, proof, timeline, screenshots, fucking everything. <laughs> and for her finally calling out Jen Shaw for the black eye, even though I gave that an error, Heather was my MVP. Yeah, that's hard. I don't know how you could argue. This whole episode yeah. was orchestrated by her it yes. seems like and it yeah. was done just really really well yeah there were a couple of i did i i guess i told you my alternative plays of the games that i also had for consideration were the dolls at the dinner and it was mm -hmm. also the pack your bags and go um because that was mm. just that's just like a strong like pack mm. your bags and go i love that okay. simple to the point <laughs> how do you think monica should handle the reunion it's hard to say, you know, it looks like on Instagram, she's sort of been like doing this fun little reveal dance. And, and, um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it just depends on really what her true involvement is. I mean, if she mm. is, if she really only trolled Jen Shaw and never posted anything about the other women, then I, I think she should stay the course. But I, I think, I guess we know right from BravoCon that these women have refused to film with her again. So yes. I think, that I think this sad. is very much an Icarus situation but where had she they was brilliant. Had they filmed the reunion yet? They hadn't yet. I don't know. I don't know when the reunion is filmed. I think it was filmed after the, after BravoCon. Okay. So basically it's, it's filmed about halfway through the season because BravoCon was about halfway through the season. Yeah, it's generally filmed towards the end of the season. So like a lot of the okay. season is supposed to have aired and they're supposed to have seen everything and then they film the reunion. Yeah. And I always wonder, do the ITMs, do they do those at the end of the season? Like after the end of oh, filming? Oh, they have multiple ITMs throughout. So okay. like um, every few weeks 
they have to okay. do like a setup. They can watch footage and then. Yes. I'm I don't know if they watch yeah. footage or if they just tell them like this happened, this happened, now would comment it. I'm not sure exactly how that works. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I do know that they have the women come to a place to do it in front of a green screen. It's not actually done in their houses. Okay. Um, and they have like slotted back to back. So one of them yeah. will be arriving, like getting makeup on while another one of them is doing their ITM. And so sometimes they kind of like overlap sure. and can hear each other talking in the ITMs. But there's actually a really fun in Miami last season where you can see like one of them decided to hop in and comment with the other one during her ITM. So she's sitting on her <laughs> lap, but she doesn't have her makeup quite done yet. So she's got like sunglasses <laughs> on and like a scarf and like. <laughs> that is That's cute. pretty awesome. Yep. I love it. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think, um, I think like I started to say, she's like Icarus. She flew too close to the sun and she got burned up. So yeah, she's playing it so well on social media though. I mean, she's like playing, I, yeah. and I, I feel like if you're going to be a villain, be a villain. She's playing into that. Like she's like, she, there's a post of her with like, um, a newspaper with the Von T's like headline and it's like uh-huh. in like jewel tone and it's on fire. It's like burning. And it says like, um, warming myself on the bridges I've burned uh. the caption. <laughs> so it's, I mean, she's playing into it, but in a fun way to where she can kind of get like, you know, the fun, the fun, um, the fun villainhood, I guess. Right. And I right. think if she can, if she can somehow stick to no, I literally only went after Jen Shaw because yeah. of the horrible person she is and the horrible things she's done. And I I didn't have anything to do with you guys, but I'm so sorry that you were hurt by that account. She can make some good apology play. Right. That she may have a chance, but and but she's going to have a lot of work to do. She's going to have a lot, a lot, a lot of work to do. But I mean, we had that lunch earlier in the season with Meredith and Lisa, where Meredith sits there and sort of is very nonchalant about like, yeah, people say awful things about us all the time. Yeah. You know, so she doesn't seem to be truly bothered by it. But I think what Monica may not have counted on is how upset some of the women Mm. get about things that are said on them online. And, you know, they're in a business where you have to read the comments below, you know, but everybody knows that's where like the worst parts of humanity can show up. So, (laughs) well, and then also she has to somehow answer for the beauty lab thing, which I'm pretty sure in their contracts, they, there's something that states they can't sue each other, but maybe there was because it's, she's suing the business. It's not her directly suing Heather. True. Um, Yeah. Yeah. or I guess beauty lab sued Monica and then Monica countersued. Right. Um, But that's, but that's really icky to have like lawsuits going on between them too. So she's going to have to somehow figure that out too. That's, and that's rough. Yeah. I mean, those amounts are relatively small claims court. So those are still, it's not about the amounts. It's about the. Yeah, no, it's definitely about the bad will. Um, and then yeah, bad faith, so to speak. And for her to, to, for her to accuse beauty lab of giving bad injections, like that's Heather's business. And so it's going to be like, oh, you came for Heather's business. You came for her livelihood. You don't support women, you know, that whole thing. Yeah. And that's a big deal. That is a pretty bad. That is like a slander. Yeah. That's like some libel, um, that's going on there. So unless it's true, in which case it is not slander or libel, but, (laughs) but I don't know that you can, you know, I don't know what the statute of limitations is on that kind of an allegation. So. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think Monica's good TV, but I think she may have screwed up. I don't know if there's that level of dysfunction between a player and others in other franchises. I guess I'm hearing a little bit on Beverly Hills that there's a feud there that's a really long-standing feud. Yeah, a lot of times there's a division 
where it's like you'll have two or three players on one side of the division and two or three players on the other. It's a lot mm-hmm. harder when it's one person siloed out by themselves because yeah. they need to have someone who cares about them and wants to film with them. Yeah, and she's she's not going to necessarily have that. Do you think Angie will be back? That's a good question. I'm. I think. I think so. I think she did a good enough job staying in the drama um, and bonding with the other women that I think she makes it back. I don't think it's a hundred percent guarantee, but yeah. I think she did a decent job. Yeah. And usually rookies aren't right out the gate. They're, they're usually not like Monica. <laughs> they're not usually like front and center. It's usually like, they just need to do enough to get a, like a little bit of drama, stir up a few things, get into a few fights mm-hmm. and like make some solidify some friendships and then they can usually keep going. But yeah, I thought she had, she had a good season overall. I think, you know, she, she had some Greek Easter. She had the drama about her husband. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I think overall, you know, she may not have been the most compelling thing um, in each episode, but she was steady. She was pretty steady. Yeah. And I feel like she's got some friendships going with them. So, yeah, it's crazy to think about. One thing I read about was sort of that whole interview process and how, and this was in Heather's book, like how. Mm-hmm. They basically were interrogating her, like who are, and then interrogating her friends and her business associates and like everyone in her life. So it's crazy to think about that process having occurred with Monica and none of this coming up. Yeah, I'm sure. Right. Yeah. And for her to get on the show with all Mm -hmm. of that background work having been done. And then it's also crazy to think that this is three months. This was just three months of their lives lives. that they were hanging out together two to two to three times a week and then on trips you know mm-hmm. or maybe more happened. i don't know a lot happened a lot it was happened. a good it was a good season it was an excellent finale should we talk about the reunion seating score so people have a preview to that yes. going in absolutely so we have devised something called the rss or the reunion seating score which is the way that we rank players based on because the whole the whole purpose of playing on real on um real housewives is to get more screen time to get social media followers and you can determine how good play has been by to have how many seasons of play do you have and um we also know that whoever sits directly next to dark lord andy cohen during the reunion those spots are picked based on the amount of drama based on the feuds Um, So those are like coveted positions. So you get a point for being a full housewife for the whole season and making it into the reunion. You get a bonus point if you are one of the housewives that's chosen to sit directly next to DLAC in the reunion. And then, as I mentioned with uh, Mary, like if you have a friend of a friend of can get a point. So um, we actually we have to look back and at the start of next episode, we will reveal what everyone's RSS is coming into the season. So for the last three seasons, I can't remember if Angie made it to the reunion because she was a friend of last season. Yes, she did. I'm looking at it right now. Okay. So she already comes in with, I have a point, even though it's her first season, Mm -hmm. that's her rookie season. And then I don't know if we confirmed whether or not we're going to do this, but we have discussed also giving an extra half a point to those players who get family members or someone else closely associated with them, like a significant other onto the reunion that that earns that player and other half. Right. Point. And I think we should do it. I think so. I think so. So, um, a lot of times, you know, significant others will come on like New Jersey almost always gets 
husbands or significant others on. Um, sometimes it's a mom. Like we were really hoping Monica would get Vovo on, it does, although it's not looking like it. Does not look good. No. The first season of this show, the husbands were all on. It looks like third season they were on the reunion as well. Or some of them were. John Barlow made it on in the third season. So did Seth and Justin. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So the the reunion's very important as far as like tallying the scores for the season. And the scores are cumulative. So they add up season after season after season, because obviously the more seasons of play you earn, that means you're a better player. You've earned right. more and more and more screen time. But you can also average those scores out. Like if you want to compare a rookie player or like someone fairly new to someone like Vicky Gumbelson, who played like, I don't know how many seasons um, in OC, you can average out by dividing the total score by the number of episodes that they've been in. And then you can kind of see relatively is this person, can this person be competitive against this other person if they manage to stay on as long as them. So it's a right. fun little number that we get, that we can play around with as we continue to cover this game in all of the different franchises. So we need to retally some things now that we've uh, finalized how we're actually keeping track of this and yeah. we will come prepared next episode, assuming yeah. I don't get jury duty all week. All right. <laughs> that could be so exciting. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Mandy might be here alone without me handling it all next week. Well, this was amazing. I'm really excited to go and cover our first reunion and um, see what kind of play we have in the reunion and talk about what kind of play is good in the reunion. We want receipts. We want props. Uh, oh, yes. it's going to it's going to be we want to resolve some of the conflicts, but maybe leave one or two open that we can resolve in the following season so that you get cast in the following season. Right. Right. And I wonder when they start filming that. It seems like they do it in the like, it's like, you know, like now February, ish. March part of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I look forward to uh, connecting with you. Bleacher Nation. You like how I just. Bleacher Nation. Yeah. Bleacher Nation. That's what That's I've, I've come up with. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the marketing brains behind this, so. No, I thought that was great. <laughs> I'm into it. Okay. So, yeah. So All right, Legion Nation. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs>